0: Tēnā I'm Hiriaka. My new novel, Kurangaitoku, has just been launched and is available from huia.co.nz or at your friendly local bookstore. Getting Hot and Bothered is my favourite podcast from the NZSA podcast series. It is a panel discussion between Catherine Robertson, Lani Went Young, and Steph Green, who writes as Stephanie Holmes, on writing sex and romance. It was recorded during the 2018 National Writers' Forum and I chose this episode because I went to that session. I remember the room being full of laughter and really frank discussion about writing sex well, whether it be good, bad or confusing. I found this discussion really useful when I wrote the sex scenes in Kurangai Toku. so I thank you Catherine, Lani and Steph. Catherine makes a quip about that session being in a brown paper bag but I think this fantastic talk needs to break free of the sealed section. So in the words of Salt and Pepper, let's talk about sex baby, let's talk about you and me, let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be, let's talk about sex. If you enjoy this episode Please remember to subscribe to the NZSA podcast. Kia ora.
1: Welcome, I think this is going to be called the sort of the brown paper bag session, where you're going to all pretend that you're just seeing this in a brown paper bag off the top shelf. I'm Catherine Robertson and it's my pleasure to be here with Steph Green who writes with Stephanie Holmes and Lani Young, who we've all met previous sessions today. Uh, this is called Getting Hot and Bothered and it is about writing sex or love scenes uh, as part of your work and so some people might not feel comfortable in either doing that, or you're here to learn what Masters of the Craft do. Um, I I just thought, when I volunteered to do this session, um, I realised I hadn't written a sex scene for about five years. And I went back to have a look at them, and um, I remember my very first book, I had a scene in it, and my friend's eight-year-old mother, Read it, and apparently never quite looked at me the same again. <laughs> and uh, yeah, looking back over it, I can kind of see why. So we are going to talk. I was going to. I said to these guys that everything we say is going to sound like a double entendre. So just <laughs> stop snickering. Um, so I'm going to let these to introduce ourselves and then we're gonna have a chat about various aspects of sex and love and fiction and then we're gonna let you ask questions um, if you are brave enough to do so. So, for those of you who don't know me, I am Kath Robertson, I write fiction. My first three books were romantic comedy in which the sex scenes are. Everything else was a little bit more muted after that. I shut the door.
2: Um, And pass you over to Steph. Uh, hi everyone. Um, so my name is Steph Green. I write paranormal romance and reverse harem romances under the pen name Stephanie Holmes. Um, I am a USA Today best-selling author. I've published 22 romance books um, and... Uh What else? Uh, Recently, I was uh, in 2007 I was awarded the Attitude Award for Artistic Achievement, um, and this year I was really incredibly honoured to be uh, nominated as a 2018 Woman of Influence. So it kind of shows you that, you know, writing sex and writing romance, like it can be kind of this, um, you know, it's not just this trashy thing that you don't have to write about. Um, you can do that and kind of achieve a lot as a writer as well Um,
3: yeah these are really loud. Yeah. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Lani. And so when it comes to getting hot and bothered, um, my young adult series, everybody just has very mystical, magical moments that culminate in the earth, you know, exploding and that sort of stuff. Um, and then we... I've, I have a contemporary romance series, uh, the Scarlet Lies series, where uh, people do get very hot and bothered. And then I also have uh, my deep dark secret. I have um, an erotica romance novel, which is not published under my name and never will be. at least, I mean, I'm even worried about when I die, whether my children will find out that it was me. But yes, so that's the perspective that I'm coming at this topic from, and especially from the perspective of a Samoan woman who's trying to write um, about sensuality and sexuality in positive, exciting ways.
1: Brilliant. Um, Well, that's a good way to perhaps look at the first topic because there is a, like a vast spectrum of sex and fiction and maybe Steph is the, you know, you're both romance writers but um, do you want to give people a bit of an overview on on that spectrum? Yeah,
2: I can do that. Can everyone hear me if I talk like this without the microphone? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just because it's echoing back and it sounds like I'm in a cave and it's, it's a little bit <laughs> that's scary. That's <laughs> that's okay, cool. So um, in romance, um, uh, in the romance genre, um, writers, we usually define books by their heat level. So I sort of always consider these kind of four levels. So there's, there's sweet, clean romance and that's where you don't even there's not even an implication that sex may have happened like it's it's so off the page um and so that's 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 one end um and then after that you kind of go to what we call behind closed doors um sex so that's where the sex scenes happen off the page and the the characters close the door and you don't use the reader. you don't you you don't get to go in yeah (laughs) Uh, and then after that, you've kind of got the you've kind of got the sexy, the steamy books, um, and this is where my books fall. And where you, as the reader, you get to be in the room, um, you get to be inside the characters' heads when when they have sex. And for those kind of books, it, it, usually in those books, um, even though the sex is is really important um, to kind of grow the characters and pull them together, there's usually a non-sex related plot. Um, so. You know, there's a mystery to solve, or there's some bad guys to kill, um, and and this this romance happens alongside that. Um, and then at the at, at the far end of the scale, you've got what we call erotic romance, or heading into erotica, which is where uh, the sex is really that's the, that's the plot, that's the catalyst. Um, it, it, it's the, kind of the way that the characters work out their conflicts. Um, J a Huss is a really good example of a fantastic erotic romance writer where all her books are the the the, conf, the core conflict of the book is centered around the sex um, which is a really is a really fascinating concept so that that's kind of how I would define
1: you'd agree with that so um, um, yeah no
3: and I think I'm just adding to that that um, I, I like that breakdown with sort of the different degrees or levels um, and, but I think hand in hand with the degrees or levels of intimacy that we're uh that are represented on the page or that we're invited to join in with along that journey is that physical intimacy um goes hand in hand with emotional intimacy and so i think that that's an important part of when we're talking about writing about sex that it is very much an emotional intimacy journey as well and you'll see that happening um, as well as you move you know whether it's um, you know, take it all off by page 5 or, or page <laughs> 100, but there's also another journey that's taking place, and that's the emotional closeness as well. Yeah.
2: That, that kind of um, comes into where we split the line as well between um, erotic, what's, what is erotica and what is erotic romance, or or an erotic book um, that yeah is isn't, isn't necessarily erotica. So in uh, so, erotica contains sex, um, but that sex may have nothing whatsoever to do with the romantic relationship or any kind of intimacy, um, whereas in a romance that's erotic, um, the, the sex is, is 100% purely about building that intimacy between the couple or you know, escalating the conflict. It, you know, that, if you can take the sex scenes out of the book uh, and the romance doesn't work, um, then that's really when you know you, you're writing an erotic romance. It's when you know you've got it right. Or you take it out and there's nothing left. Yeah. yeah,
1: And yeah. Um, We should probably say that because um, romance in itself in the genre, romance um, the story has to be fundamentally about the couple. I mean whether the couple is straight or gay or even human doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but they, uh, that, that is what the definition of a romance is and it is about that emotional, potentially sexual journey um, and they do get together at the end. Romances are expected to end happily. Whereas I was writing, you know, contemporary women's fiction in the kind of romantic comedy uh, and I could have a cast of characters so it could be a bit more like a sitcom um, and you would, you could have multiple sexual liaisons going on, and you could have all that sort of stuff. Um, but you wouldn't have that strictly in the romance genre. So it's a different, a different genre on its own, in its own right. But I think, um, you know, talking about romance because that's actually what I mean. When people read romantic fiction, or rom, you know, sort of whether it's pure romance or fiction with romantic elements in it. Um, that what you're talking about, the emotional intimacy of it, is really the um, kind of core of the whole story. Because, I mean, there's a lot of you know, neuroscience to say that when we read fiction, we do actually go in there and we can have ex- those experiences. And they do you know, sort of brain mapping and things like that that say that we can actually you know, experience the emotions that are happening on a page. Um And so, a lot of people who want to read romance want to get right in there to sort of um, be there with the characters and I think so um perhaps we should talk about like right, romance um, how to sort of inject more romance into your stories and and how do you guys think about it when you're when you're thinking about the romantic storyline in a book
2: so I When I am planning a romance, when I'm kind of plotting a book, Um, the first thing I kind of, I usually start with the heroine because she's kind of, you know, she's where we we all begin. Um, And I like this idea of, you know, who is the absolute last person on earth that she should be with? Um, And that's usually the person I kind of pair her with. Um, So... uh, one of the really unique things, because you don't want you don't want two people to meet and then they fall in love and then the, and then they have amazing sex and that's it, because that is a really boring book, um, like wonderful in real life but really boring in a book, um, and you want to kind of build that that intimacy and you and, and that that tension and. You know, sexual tension and, and the kind of relationship tension in the book is what you know, keeps us reading because we want to find out, you know, will they, won't they, will they, won't they? Um, you know, how can these two people that, you know, almost seem like they shouldn't be together, how are they going to end up together? Or these two people that the world is pulling apart, how are they going to end up together? Um, when we kind of talk about sexual tension um, in a book, it, it's all about the push pull. So what you're doing is you're you're, pushing, you're, sorry, you're pulling characters away from each other. Basically, the, the external conflict in the book um, is, is what's pulling them apart. You know, she's from this you know she's a werewolf, he's a vampire, the two and never supposed to, to get together. Um, this is the world I inhabit. <laughs> so you know, you're pushing them apart because of these external conflicts, or also because of their, their Personal internal conflicts and in their their internal history. Um, so you know, her parents were killed by vampire, um, and so when she's with him, she feels you know she she, she feels attracted to him, but she's also feels as though she can never be with him because it's betraying her parents like you know there's this internal conflict that's pushing them apart as well um and then you're pulling them back together because of their attraction to each other and because of the way they both um work together to to kind of fulfill each other um so you've got that constant push and pull and the interesting thing about when you have sex in a book um, whether it's behind closed doors or not is that sexual is it an, an actual sexual encounter in a book it doesn't increase the tension it actually relieves it mm-hmm. so you've mm-hmm. you've had this well they won't they will they won't they and it's like this big sigh of relief when they do um, and in a book you don't really you do not really want that because that's kind of a really great place the reader can put down the book and go away and never pick it up again so, um, what you've got to try and do is find a way to you give them this relief through the sex scenes, but then you've got to build that tension back up again. And that's really, as a writer, it's really interesting figuring out how to do that.
3: Yeah, no, I think definitely um, adding to what Steph said is it's all about the conflict and that tension. And I mean, it's almost you know how much can I torture these characters? Um, to what degree can I put them through all these things? And um, what I'll do is, is I'll often chart up a diagram at the beginning with, um, I guess, little, you know, they, they about first base, second base, third base, you know, I mean, and you could sort of, all right, by this, by this chapter, you know, then they'll do this, and, and then it will be this, but then there'll be the setback, and then they'll do this. And um, yeah, constantly setting it up again, so they may finally, you know, get together and, and do fireworks. But then right after there's this emotional reveal and, and you know, I cannot be you, you, forget you. Um, you know, and then it's like, oh, you know, back down again. It's like, right, well, how can we now build up again? So it's this constant down and then build up, and down and build up until the final firework, the end, I suppose.
1: And, and you're, upping the, you're upping the emotional stakes all the time, aren't you, when you're writing those scenes? It's like every everything builds emotionally as well as, you know, physically and everything else, and you build up the conflict around them, etc. So everything sort of conspires to keep them apart, as you say, until that moment um, when we know they're finally going to get together.
3: Can I just add, so I think that also coming from um, the the background that I'm writing from and the audience that I'm writing for initially, as well as the setting, because my novels, my romance novels are set in in a Samon context, uh, it does make for some interesting challenges because anyone who's familiar with Samoa and uh, Samoan culture, you'll know that couples, you don't hold hands. There is no public displays of affection, even if you're married um, and people don't date and there's no dating. And so it makes for some really tough, okay? Because yes, I'm writing fiction, but it has to be believable in this context. I can't. I'm not writing a novel about two tourists who come to Samoa and have wild sex on the beach. That's a different sort of story. I'm writing about a Samoan couple and how they're going to have this hot, wonderful love romance sex, but within the, the confines or, or within the context of the Salmon setting. And so that means that, for example, um, something as simple as when they're passing by each other in the kitchen and they're all having to. Get involved in, in making food for this big family gathering. Uh, if, if your eyes meet, if your hands touch, and you know, you've just got that like the, the fact that it's forbidden, and they're remembering that the night before they were in the bushes doing whatever, um, and the aunties around you don't know this. And, like, oh my gosh. Um, you know, and, and so, for me, that added cultural context um, makes. Romance and writing about sensuality, you know, it brings in this other element of how, how do you make it happen?
1: Because that's why a lot of people like love writing historical romance because you don't have that openness so mm. that's why there's a lot of dancing in Pride and Prejudice, isn't there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Touch that hand, you know? <laughs> but that's true. So, okay, I suppose we need to get down to it and um, ask what do you think makes a good sex scene?
2: So, sex scenes come from the characters, Um, and I really believe that the best—the best sex, you know—also, you know, in general. But the best sex (laughs) in a book it reveals character, it deepens character, or it transforms your characters. Um, If, like I said before, if you can remove the sex scenes and the book still reads like a complete story, then I think you need to seriously rethink um, your sex scenes Mm. Um, because. Like when I write a sex scene, it is it is a pivotal point in the character's journey. Um, so it's when they it's when they realise something. Um, it's when their flaws become apparent. It, it, you know, it, it, they're absolutely critical to to the journey to the story. And I don't have. I mean, I, I probably have. So I'm a, you know I'm quite a steamy writer um, but I probably have say two and a half two and a half sixes maybe per book some of them are a little bit more some of them are a little bit less so sort of two full full throttle kind of kind of things and then one one that's sort of half because maybe it gets interrupted or maybe it's just a little bit shorter because sometimes you just don't need to go through all the mechanics again and again and again um, so, yeah, um, sex and intimacy, that they change the relationship. Um, so, you know, the way a couple are before they, they had that sex for the first time and then and then afterwards or when they, they had it the second time or when they have sex and one of them says, I love you, but the other one can't say it. yet, you know, completely changes the characters, changes the story. Uh, I, I want it to be, when I write a sex scene, that there is absolutely no going back You know, once you're in the bedroom or in the bushes, there's no going back to the way things were before. It it peels away layers. It makes people more vulnerable. Um, And when you have characters who've been trying to hide um, and who are afraid of being vulnerable, um, it's really amazing to start to reveal that um, through sex. When the the clothes come off, it can reveal a lot more than just skin. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I was going to ask you. I mean, especially because I'm interested also in the, you know, the Samoan context of how you deal with the sex scenes and also it will, it will talk about how you deal with them in the, the YA, like what, what, what extent do you go to?
3: Mm. I mean, I think so For my... I chose with my YA because um, it, it was set in a Samoan context I mean, with Tommins and, and, and different classical um, characters. But um, so I was very mindful of that. But I also knew that there were certain things I wanted to have my characters talking about. Um, and it was, we have, um, there's some very strong stereotypes, I guess, across all cultures. And one of them that I wanted to take on was the, the, the idea that men have these uncontrollable sexual urges, whereas women are, you know, and girls, um, they, they don't want it you know, as much. And, and it's their job to, to keep you know, him from being too tempted. And so it was really important to me that in the YA novel, that it was her who was who wanted it, and was—I hate to use the word aggressor, because that's not the right word—but she was the one who was um, wanting more physically, and he was the one who was saying no. um, You know, that's that's all my grandmother. You know, it's not how my grandmother taught me, Um, and very mindful of that. And also, I wanted them to have conversations about contraceptives. And to have, have those things happening just as normal, because it's very abnormal in Samoa to have any of those kinds of conversations. Um, yeah, but I think, really, the, the opportunity was there, um, finding all those little moments, like in high school, you know, little, um, little moments in the corridor or the back of the tennis court, those sorts of things. Finding ways to integrate it into the everyday mm-hmm. uh, as the forbidden, but yeah, all leading somewhere. And as you say, each um, physical encounter or sexual encounter should um, take them forward, should progress um, the story as well. Not just, okay, I'm going to throw in some people here. That's not how it works. It should, it should move the story forward.
1: Because it's a really good opportunity for. Um different kinds of dialogue you were saying about how the characters change. I mean, how they're going to speak to each other during a sex scene or after or before or whatever. I mean, they're all three different kind of situations is uh, is a really good way of revealing character. I mean, my three books that I did write sex scenes in were romantic comedy. So you do have the opportunity. It used to be sort of um, that... When you were writing romances like Mills and Boone, that they weren't allowed to be funny because that was supposed to kill the mood. But that's long since changed, and uh, and now now you can actually make quite a lot of funny things happen in sex. So it is, if you um, would like to do that, you can. You can have some very funny sex scenes. And that idea about, you know, sort of contraception and things like that, um, you very rarely find, unless they're. Different kind of humans or non-humans that have magic and built contraception, um, like they just vaporise it under the moonlight or something. I don't know what happens. Yeah,
3: um, yeah.
1: Um, you you will not find a modern romance published um, in a you know by any reputable publisher and most romance writers that doesn't have safe sex in it. It's just not a thing. And I mean, um, you know, there are books out there that. Uh, you know, have what we would call non-consensual sexual practices, but we don't. I mean, the, the very much the romance world at the moment is about giving women power, and mm-hmm. so your your male and female characters, or both your your love characters, um, are of equal weight in the book and um, equal to each other. So, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean.
3: Sorry, so, so when, yeah. when when you ask, uh, we talk about what makes a good love scene or a yeah. good sex scene. Um, I think language, you know, really plays into it. And the thing is is that we're all different. I mean, there are certain words that are real ugh for me. And so when I read those words um, being used in, in a sex scene, it's such a killjoy for me. Um, and so I don't use those words. But other people, you know, they can find them quite... Is one, of them,
1: is one of them moist? How
2: did you know? <laughs> moist is a lot of people's like, ugh, words. Yeah, it's such a funny thing, because I I don't even do anything for me one way or the other. Really, but There's one that's been coming up a lot in books I've been reading recently. I read a lot of um, stuff published. The one I've been reading recently, uh, a word that's come up a lot recently, is is pebbling. So, like, her nipples pebbled. Um, And I I don't know why, but when I hear that, that is just horrific. Um, I think that's just, it's just awful. A lot of people find, um, one thing that a lot of people say is not to use, um, words like, not to use quite clinical words like penis, vagina, um, because they, yeah, they sound really clinical, um, and, uh, I would tend to agree, but in saying that, you know, all this thing like, it's something I get asked a lot, you know, what do I, what do I actually call all the bits? You know, people people are a little bit afraid to use you know quite colloquial words, so they tend to they often go like her flower and and stuff like that, which is just a hundred times worse. Um, like just say you know, just say it, just yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so you, sort of generally speaking, you you're probably not going to want to be saying his penis um, because it just sounds a little bit clinical and like you've never seen a, a penis before. Um, but in saying that, if it comes, it's got to come from the characters. You know, what were the characters used? So, you know, um, look, I have a character uh, in my recent series who she's a bit of a science nerd, um, and so she often uses very clinical words, um, and it's quite funny because one of her partners, you know, makes a joke about it, you know, using the, the words, and you know, it's it's a it's a funny thing, and it's a great moment between the two of them, and so for her, it's a it's a perfect words in context. And, yeah there are, there are, yeah, there are a lot of words that people have as yeah, a bit of a, a trigger, but you just got, you just got to go with, go with what the characters would say.
1: The centre of her pleasure.
2: Channel was another one. A like channel? channel. Yeah. And it's just...
3: no. Just... no. <laughs> yeah. what about. do you use? Well, I think, too, we also have to remember that we don't actually have to be super specific every single time you know i mean like when we're talking i mean yes i think um, i i'm not a fan of using penis and vagina just because it does sound like the doctor um but i'm also not a fan of using a really way out there um nicknames yeah. you know in terms of the, the love palace and the love spot and and you know the whatever um You know, I'm more straightforward. I think you can. I'm perfectly fine with saying cock. I'm perfectly fine with saying those sorts of words. But I don't think we need to use them on every single page, every time they're getting it on. Um, And so I think that there are some sex scenes where you can describe the action, but not have to go. And then his hand went here. And then her breast went there. And then her other hand went there. Like then it just becomes. Well, you, you can know? end
1: up with three hands sometimes, yes, as right? Well.
3: <laughs> I mean, I do not need a detailed, you know, uh, like a draw, colour by numbers, like this, this and that. It doesn't need to be that technical. Um, and so, I think that we don't need to worry all the time about being super, super specific, um, because I want, I want the mood and I want the feeling. I don't necessarily need to know his, his cock penetrated exactly three centimetres and then did this <laughs> and that. Uh, it's, I don't think that's necessary. But,
2: uh, what Lenny's saying is actually quite interesting. Um, when uh, there's, an, there's an interesting thing that happens, and I'm going to make a big generalisation here, um, but often when men write sex scenes it tends to get a bit, a bit like this, a bit mechanical and like they're, they're very interested in um, being exact. So, you know, the woman will walk in the room and she'll have platinum blonde hair and she'll have size 36, you know, she, she will um, you know, look in the mirror and notice her size 36 double D breasts and very, yeah you know, very specific details like that, which is actually not sexy. Um, at all, and not a thing that women, you know, look in the mirror and go, oh, look, my size 32D breasts are looking particularly perky today. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, that's a kind of a, a thing to, to be really aware of. Um, it, it It's really more about the feeling and um, you know, it's that it's that hand on the back, and um, it, it's the the look in the eyes, and the feeling of the lips, and you know, more than much more than it is the, yeah, the this is where I am, and this is where my arm is, and yeah, like that, yeah. Well, it's
1: what you said before. It's it's the what's going on for the characters, isn't it? So it's their experience. You've got to be if that's any specificity is in the experience, in the emotional experience of that particular moment, um, because as you said that they, they've got they're undergoing some sort of transformation whether it's in their lives themselves or their relationship so that has got to be evoked in that scene doesn't it in some way and especially if we have to be feel very much that they are not going to go back from where they were that's that's the core part of it not you know levels of penetration isn't it really yeah I was going to ask a question about um, because I was just basically um, anticipating your questions about where we get inspiration for writing? Do we just have really filthy minds or uh, are there resources out there which you can go to? I mean, where do you get your inspiration for writing this stuff?
3: Well, I think a, a, a really useful, helpful place for research is Tumblr. And, you know, I mean, Tumblr has lots of lovely images and some interesting hashtags. And so, yes, you can Um, check out Tumblr for all kinds of really interesting things. Um, Also I think that it's about thinking about um, every every possible sexual experience that maybe you ever possibly thought of um, or, you know, a fantasy that you ever had or a thought that ever crossed your mind but you knew that you weren't ever... Heck no, I'm never gonna do that. <laughs> but, you know, here's an opportunity to explore it um, through through a novel or through a story. Um, I remember... and then other people can be um, resource, resources for us as well. Uh, I remember, I mean asking my husband um, right you know this couple are going to be having sex in the bushes and so I need some I need to be able to speak from some practical experience and he was like what are you asking me for I was like well I know that you know that has happened to you a long time ago before you met me and um, he was like I'm not gonna sit here and talk about this. And I was like, well, it's just that I want to know about it. And he was like, well, he was like, well, we could try having sex in the bushes. And I was like, oh hell no, that's so uncomfortable. (laughs) So, you know, just just cast your mind back and tell me what it was like so I can remember and and write about it. But yeah, I think that there's lots of different places that we can get inspiration. And keeping in mind as well that a lot of, I mean, this this is fiction and a lot of these things I would never, you know, do them in real life. Um, but this is a chance to explore all sorts of things, because the joy of sex has been reissued and they've
1: redone the illustrations so the dude doesn't have a beard anymore, which is very 70s. But yeah, yeah, not that I have anything against beards, but yeah, there's a new version. It's just-
2: interesting because beards are really making a comeback these oh, days. Oh, so they are. Yeah. 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 Um, look, it's almost, it's almost a little bit too late for a, new, a non-beard version. Um, I guess, um, when I think about inspiration, the thing is, it's one of those weird questions that people ask writers all the time, and it kind of stops us in our tracks, because it's, it's like asking a mystery writer where they get the inspiration from, for their murders. Um, you know, it, it, um, I have a lot of really weird friends, um, And I kind of just listen to them gossip a lot, Mm -hmm. and a lot of that stuff ends up in books. Like I always say to people, you know, I always say to people, you just got to be aware that you know anything you say in front of me could end up in a book somewhere. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, mostly though, it just comes from your imagination. You know, as writers, that's kind of our job. That's that's what we do. Yeah.
1: And it comes from the characters as well. There are things that they would do and wouldn't do in certain situations. So that's what makes it not one size fits all. Uh,
2: So my husband is my beta reader, um, which is a little bit mortifying. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Actually, um, Especially uh, so the the last series I wrote is what's called a reverse harem, which is one woman and several men. Um, So it's like a harem harem reverse. and um, that, that was very interesting, having him read that. Um, and he came to me one day and he's like, I found a problem. And I said, what's the problem? And I said, well, she's got, she's got this guy's cock in this bit, and in the next bit, she's got this other guy's cock, and there's actually no transition between the two things. And I'm like, oh, he's right. And, <laughs> and he loves to tell the story. Um, about how about this is his, this is his job now is to just is to just figure out where all the women where, the cocks are, yeah, where yeah, all the cocks right, go yeah. um, so, um, so yes i do yeah so yeah, i do have have a man read over the the sex scenes, but mostly they just notice annoying details like
3: that <laughs> Do you get a bloke to um not just my husband yeah. yeah. And and I I think that that's really helpful, but I think like what you were saying, um, it's kind of irrelevant uh, what a man reader thinks of the sex scenes because, um, you know, I mean, I'm writing them and I think they're hot and the characters are having a good time. So yeah, I don't know. I I haven't, I think that's an interesting question, especially like as you you point out that you could have lots of male readers uh, for your genre that you're writing in. Um, and I think it comes down to two: like, do are we making some assumptions? Do men experience sexual pleasure differently? You know, I mean, the way that men would like to describe it um, is it different from how a woman would like it described? I don't know, uh, because I don't think there is any one fits all either.
1: I mean, most of romantic fiction is written by women for women, um, so. I mean, not that, you know, there are mm. definitely guys who write it as well and read it, but I think, but again, it comes down to, we, we talk about the, it's not so much about the mechanics, it's about the experience. And I think we're all human and we're all having the same experience from that kind of encounter. So let's just hope that that is true. And mm. I men aren't actually, I don't know, Reciting motorcycle parts in their head, or something—I don't know. Yeah.
3: I'm old school when it comes to YA, so m- people aren't actually having sex in my YA novels. Um, there's kissing, there's you know other kinds of of oh you know that sort of stuff, but it actually isn't until the last book when—spoiler alert—people actually get married, and then you know it's a fade to black or it's a fade to fireworks. Um, <laughs> But, and I mean, I think that's a deliberate choice for me, writing as a mom, (laughs) Um, because I would prefer that there aren't any super in-depth sex scenes in the young adult books that my children are reading. But having said that, I'm remembering that when I was a teenager, because there was no sex in the YA, well there weren't really any YA books were there? Um, so then what we ended up reading is adult novels I mean like Lace and and all sorts of you know um, Jackie Collins and that sort of stuff and really it would have been much more helpful for me as a teenager to be reading a YA novel where teenagers are navigating those kinds of situations and those kinds of decisions Um, you know and modeling things that I would want and hope for my teenagers to to do um so yeah i, I don't have no librarian has said to me about not stalking um Talisa, but it's i think because nobody's actually having full-on sex um in those those novels but having said that i yeah the issue of whether ya novels would be okay to have sex in them is is one i'm conflicted over I think I was talking to
1: Marianne Scott, and she said her first two books, which do have sex or you know teenage pregnancy and things, were um, not as popular in schools as her latest one, which is about pig hunting. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> have you written? Do you write queer love saints at all? No. Uh,
2: I've got. I've got. Um, so, in, so in. Reverse Harem, you have one woman and you have several several men. Um, and some of the books, there will be no contact between between the men, so it's just about the, it's just all about the woman and her pleasure. And in some books, some of the men will also be together. So the series I wrote recently, I had two men together, um, and that was a, that was a first for me, um, and it was it was really interesting as well because one of them was HIV positive. Um, and so I had to do a lot of research around that to make sure I really got the the details right and and that it was it was one hundred percent safe and that I was promoting a really positive message about that. Um, I guess as writers, our Google search history is always going to be really strange. Yeah. Um, and it, it, to be honest, it's never something I've really worried about that much. I, I kind of think there's just maybe there's just enough to worry about. In the world, anyway, I, I don't tend to worry too much about if the, if the FBI is coming after me, um, yeah, I don't know. I just I do enough research until I feel as though I can yeah do justice do justice to a scene. Um, and if I am concerned about something, so for example, this the relationship between these two guys, I will usually find a, a, a sensitivity reader um, to just read over those particular scenes and just. Give me, the, give me the thumbs up. Yeah, I think you've got this, this pretty much right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that, that was what Brian was talking about in his um, character workshop today was having somebody have a look at it, potentially, if, if this is something like a culture or whatever that you're not familiar with yourself, then you can get somebody to read it. But I think also, like, the library is just a fantastic source of books. I mean, like Peter Aykroyd who wrote a fantastic book called Queer London, which is about all the practices that have happened over, you know, since London was founded and whenever. And um, and that's just fascinating. I mean, you you take that and have to go down all the rabbit holes of other bits of research. But I mean, there are great books out there from reputable sources, which is, I think, what you're saying really, isn't it? Yeah. Well, thank you for getting hot and bothered with us. (laughs) And go and write steamy things. Thanks to Steph and Talani.
0: New Zealand Society of Authors, Te Puni Kaituhi o Aotearoa, Pen NZ Incorporated, is the principal organisation representing writers in New Zealand. We want to continue to provide opportunities for you to grow in your professional development. That's why we started NZSA Web Workshops. Visit our website authors.org.nz to find out about these opportunities. Experienced writers and teachers will lead them. and We hope that they help you to grow as a writer and face whatever tomorrow brings. Our website again is authors.org.nz.